Good morning. Welcome to Noblesville First on this Memorial Day weekend. We'd like to begin by thanking all those who have served for our country. We thank you who are putting themselves in the front lines. So normally we would invite all of our veterans, if we were in church, to stand and we'd acknowledge them. So let us instead take a few moments of silence and just think of those people that have given the ultimate sacrifice. Think of those people who have served and sacrificed and think of perhaps a veteran that you know personally at this time. Let's, uh, let's have this time of silence. Amen. Well, we thank you for gathering here and worship with us. I invite you right now to use that share public option right there on your Facebook page. That'll alert anyone else that happens to be on Facebook that you're worshiping with us, and they just might choose to join us. I've also heard that we have a few families that are doing what you call watch parties with Facebook, and you can gather together with your family. Uh, some have got family joining from all across the country and it's a chance for them to connect with each other while they also worship. Just remember if you do that you won't be able to see your comments with the whole congregation or just be those that are in your watch party. It's still a fun way to worship together. Today we're in the second of a series of three messages called God and the Coronavirus. Last week we focused on the big question of did God send this pandemic? Was this cause, was COVID-19 caused by God? And uh, this week we're going to focus more on the fact that we don't believe God caused this virus, but we do believe that God has the amazing power to bring good out of bad, to bring something out of this tragedy that can be lasting both in our own lives and in this world. So we're asking what might God want us to learn from this pandemic? With that in mind, I'd like to invite you to join me in the responsive sharing of the call to worship. Uh, please read along. I'll share the beginning, and then we'll join together with all of us as we share this call to worship. Shout to God with songs of great joy. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. God has made us whole. God has called us to a ministry of hope and love. Come, let us celebrate the love of God. Let us praise God's name and serve God joyfully. Amen. Now I invite you to enjoy the hymn of praise, Jesus Shall Reign.
I invite you now to join me as we share together God's Spirit wherever you may be. Let us join our hearts with God. Lord, please gather us this morning, each in our own places and sheltered there. We're thankful that we have some sunshine and warmth to get out and enjoy this weekend. Help us to find ways to do that safely. May we remember that this virus is still out there. Let us not take that for granted and therefore exercise our call to love one another by taking the precautions that are best to make sure that we keep one another safe. Bless this time of worship as we think about these big questions, trying to figure out how you work in our lives and in this world, both with the evil and suffering that we experience, but also in the good and wonderful things that you bring about, the miracles that occur because people listen and respond to your Holy Spirit. So bless this time as we think of you, think of one another, as we celebrate the hope that you give us and the endurance that we need. Through Christ we pray. Amen. We have a few prayer concerns to lift up to your attention. First of all, we want to pray for Sherry Evers. She fell and broke her leg this week that required surgery uh, Friday in Riverview Hospital, and she is now recovering. We'll probably be in at least for a few more days. We also want to celebrate the success of Susan, Suzanne Walton, who had knee surgery uh, earlier in the week, and she is recovering well. And we want to pray for the family of a young man who died by suicide recently. Please keep that family in your prayers. Uh, that person doesn't be, need to be named as God knows. Let's pray as people begin to gather more and more with family and friends that we still exercise proper caution and socially distance where appropriate. I guess we all will have to choose our tribe that we trust, but let's be conscious of one another. We pray for those serving our country and those on the front lines, those who are exposing themselves to the threat of the virus on a daily basis. May the Lord protect them. We pray for our veterans. Remember those who've given the ultimate sacrifice on this Memorial Day weekend. And we want to pray for those who have lost loved ones, especially during this time of the pandemic. They've had to postpone celebrations of life, and the grieving process is certainly interrupted and stalled in some ways. So may God's Spirit comfort and give them strength in this time. We pray for those in our community, our state, our nation, and all across the world who've lost loved ones to COVID-19. That number is approaching 100,000 in our country. So please keep all these persons in your prayer. Let us pause now and join with me in our call to prayer. As we pause to lift our hearts and minds in prayer, we're mindful of those who have laid down their lives in the service of their country. Oh God, we ask your strength that we might dedicate ourselves to perfecting your kingdom of peace and justice among nations. We give thanks for the many blessings of freedom purchased at the cost of many lives and sacrifices. We commend the fallen to your mercy and ask that you give them eternal rest, even as we continue the work of bringing your kingdom on earth. This we ask and pray in your holy name. Amen.
Let's join now in a moment of silent prayer. Holy One, we thank you for the promises that you have made to us that are like beautiful music in our ears. I will be with you. I will always be with you. I will be your God. My covenant lasts forever. Especially in times of turmoil, these words bring us comfort and strength. Help us to hold firmly to these promises and resist the temptation of unchecked fear. Because you love us, we can trust in your love and care. On this Memorial Day weekend, our plans are likely different than in past years, but we ask that the spirit of remembrance and celebration of those who have given their lives in service to our nation not be forgotten. Bless all of those who have served in our military in the past and those who are serving around the world today. While we mourn the reality of war, and as followers of the Prince of Peace, we actively pursue nonviolence. Help us continue to offer encouragement and support those who serve and their families. And this weekend, help us remember that one of the greatest ways to show our love for our neighbors right now is to wear masks and to maintain proper social distancing. Get outside and enjoy one another and do it in responsible ways that contribute to the common good and safety of our community. Continue to be with those who are sick, recovering, and mourning the loss of nearly 100,000 lives in the U.S. due to COVID-19. Be with government decision makers and health officials as they make tough choices about the pace of reopening. May doctors and nurses and all other frontline workers feel your strength as they grow weary of the stress and loss that they have experienced. Protect them and help us to continue to offer words of appreciation and support for their critical work. We also ask your blessing upon our students, teachers, and administrators who finished this strange school year this week. We thank you for each of their lives and the ways that this year's learning will shape their futures. May this summer break be a time of renewal and preparation for a new way forward this fall. And Lord, may the wind of your Holy Spirit move among us, enlivening our senses to your presence, so that your blessing may be upon us this day and forevermore. We pray these things in the name of Jesus, who now unites us, and we will join together in the prayer he taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now parents, it's time to round up the kids. And in just a couple of minutes, we'll have a wonderful children's message for them.
So as announcements for this morning, I want to invite you to go to our website. You'll find a graphic that shares the survey that we put together by our coronavirus task force. That survey will be very helpful uh, for a couple reasons. One, when you go through it, you'll see how complicated it is to resolve all the issues that we're facing when we come back together for live worship. Also, that information will help us know what you're willing to put up with as we try to do those things that safely keep us uh, together. Uh, so please fill that out uh, and get that completed as soon as possible. We'll be gathering a week from Wednesday to look at those survey results again. Sunday, June 7th is Senior Sunday, and we'll be recognizing graduating seniors from high school, college, and grad school. So we're collecting pictures, so send in a name with pictures. Uh, the school they're graduating from, uh, and what they hope to do after their graduation. Monday, June 8th is our blood drive. It's going to be held in Celebration Hall from 3 to 645. Uh, you do have to have an appointment. There's no walk-ins allowed, so please use our website. You'll find the spot to go make that appointment and reserve your place. And this is certainly a desperate time for blood needed in our hospitals, so please help us out. On Saturday, June 13th, from 1 to 2.30, we're going to hold a drive-through reception for Pastor Aaron Hobbs, Michelle, and Emma. Uh, they'll station themselves by door number one. You can drive through the portico and uh, greet them and share some good blessings and, and your appreciation for all they've done. Also, you can send cards and love gifts to the church, or you can go to our website where you can give with a pull-down function that shares Hob family, Hobbs family love gift. And finally, don't forget the chance to dive a little more into our subject matter today as we talk about God's activity in the world. We have Dr. Adolph Hansen that will be joining us for his Zoom Q&A right after this service. So as soon as we log off here from the live stream, please join us. You'll find the link on the front page of our website. It's the same one that we use for the Zoom gathering before the service. With that in mind, let's hear what Janelle Hadley has to share for the children today. Good morning, everyone. I'm sure many of you are looking forward to seeing Mason and Possum this morning, and don't worry, they'll be back. In the meantime, I thought I'd share with you this Lego guy that's pretty cool. His name is Jerry, sound familiar? And Jerry can open up in the back, and inside there's a whole control panel that does different things. But if you turn the knob in the middle, it makes his eyes spin around. Pretty fun, huh? All right, so now that we're done with building Jerry, we're gonna work on Kevin, this one right here. And Kevin comes with lots and lots of instructions and lots and lots and lots of bags of pieces. And in those bags, some of the pieces are bigger and some of them are really teeny tiny, which made me think of the verse that Pastor Jerry's gonna share today um, in his message from Galatians chapter six, verse four. It said each person should test their own work and be happy with doing a good job and not compare themselves to others. And comparing ourselves to others or not comparing ourselves to others is sometimes really hard. We compare if somebody's better at sports or we might think somebody gets better grades than us. But really, we're all equally important. And if we didn't have all of the pieces, we would never come up with something like this. Each piece is equally important. And that's how it is with us too. We're each supposed to do the best that we can do and not compare ourselves to others. Because when we each do the best we can do, we end up with something pretty great. So I'm gonna encourage you today, don't give up. Keep doing the best you can do in whatever it is you're doing. And don't compare yourself to others. Keep doing good works. Will you pray with me? Dear God, thank you for making each of us so unique and so special. Help us not to give up, not to compare ourselves to others, but just continuing to do the best things we can do. We love you, Lord, and we praise your name. Amen. During this pandemic, our student ministry has continued to meet multiple times each week in order to provide meaningful ways for students to stay connected to each other and to our congregation. They're meeting for online games, small groups, and youth groups. Please continue to pray for our students during this time of immense change and uncertainty in their lives. Thank you for your faithful giving, which supports this life-giving ministry. Now, before we receive our morning offering online at noblesvillefirst.com or on our app, 
or by mailing your check to the church office, let us ask God's blessing upon it. Majestic Lord, you unselfishly provide us with the sanctuary of your love. You wisely calm our real and imagined fears while nurturing our dream-filled hopes. Grant us the ability to serve you faithfully and recognize the goodness and gifts of our neighbors. Joyfully, we honor you, O Lord, with these tithes and offerings. May they be blessed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Therefore, since we have been made righteous through his faithfulness, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We access we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand through him, and we boast in the hope of God's glory. But not only that, we even take pride in our problems, because we know that Trouble produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. This hope doesn't put us to shame because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. While we were still weak, at the right moment, Christ died for ungodly people. It is often that someone will die for a righteous person, though maybe someone might dare to die for a good person. But God shows his love for us because while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So now that we've been made righteous by his blood, we can be even more certain that we will be saved from God's wrath through him. If we were reconciled to God through the death of his son while we were still enemies, now that we have been reconciled, how much more certain is it that we will be saved by his life? And not only that, we even take pride in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the one through whom we now have a restored relationship with God. Well, I hope you've appreciated these uh, family scripture readings as much as we have. I think it's fun to see our families that we can't see right now. So we appreciate the Sheridan family for offering that. We'd now like this time to let you know and have a little fun. uh, As you realize that when you do these, it's not the easiest thing to do. So please watch the outtakes that the Sheridan family posted on their Facebook page uh, after they did this video. Since we have been made righteous through faithfulness, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have access by faith into this grace in which we understand through him, and we boast in the hope of God's glory. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Not only that, we can take pride in our Back to where you were. Over real. Okay. This is why I'm not a news reporter. We're thinking of dead grandmothers. Yes. Dead grandmas. I guess that'll work. I'm gonna try. Okay. 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 We have access by faith. I'm sorry. Wasn't that great? Well, if you'd like to help us out, please let us know if you're willing to read scripture in the weeks coming up. Uh, But here's the beauty of that. I bet you the Sheridan family will never forget this scripture. So it's embedded in their hearts and minds. So it's an opportunity for discipleship. Don't forget to take advantage of our faith first. It's on the website. Just go to the worship tab and pull it down and you'll see the passages that are chosen for each day of the week to carry on the discussion what we start today and also there's uh, questions that you can use to reflect upon spiritually or you can use in a small group or growth group situation great discussion starters all right well we're in the midst of a three-week series that we're calling God and the coronavirus we realize this pandemic brings out a lot of extreme views you've probably heard people talking about end times some apocalyptic thoughts about God's brought this on for some particular reason. Sometimes people offer explanations that are so simplistic, they just end up making God look bad. Last week, we asked the question, did God bring this pandemic upon us as some judgment upon the world? We found the question parallels a lot, the big question of why does God allow suffering in this world? And our answer was no. God did not bring this pandemic. 
And we may never know the cause. We talked about that paradox that we have a God who is all-powerful, God who's all-knowing and all-loving, and yet, because he still allows human free will, somehow all those things are true. So God does not control everything in this world, that God self-limits because of his love for us and the freedom he wants us to have. We do understand that at times it seems that God is absent and life becomes difficult or even tragic like it is now. But we also believe that God is at work. God's at work through the Holy Spirit, through you and I, trying to bring the kingdom of God into our world. And so God is still sovereign. God is still Lord of all. Therefore, every action we take that's for the good benefits the kingdom of God and has meaning and purpose. God uses every positive action to bring about the fulfillment of his dreams for the world and for our lives as well. Today we're going to focus on a new question. What does God want us to learn from this pandemic? If you've endured hardships in the past, then you know that when you trust in God that somehow he brings good things from all these difficult times, even the most challenging and heartbreaking experiences can become a means of grace used by God for the help of others. And that doesn't change with this pandemic. Remember, we're not saying that God brings these hardships. God does not cause them. But God does bring about good from the evil we experience in this world. God finds a way over and over to bring good out of bad, healing out of pain, and blessings out of tragedy. So let's start with the scripture passage that was just read by the Sheridan family. I think we learned a couple things about suffering as Christians. Romans 5, 3, and 4 say, we even take pride, maybe a better translation is rejoice in our problems, because we know that trouble produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Let's talk about what's going on. Paul is trying to give hope to these Christians who are suffering in the Roman Empire because of high taxes, because of the oppressive Roman military, because of social pressure to worship the emperor. And the message he's trying to share with them is that God is still Lord, not the emperor. As tough as it is to be a Christian in the first century, he lets them know they have a peace that goes beyond this life. And so we hear these words, trouble produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And you might be tempted to say, yeah, yeah, I know the drill. What doesn't kill us makes us stronger. Or tough times never last, but tough people do. You've heard all those cliches. But Paul's saying something much deeper here. He's suggesting that pain actually moves us closer to God, who's our creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Not because suffering is ever good for us, but because it's an experience we share with our Lord, and it ties us together. Jesus experienced the kind of physical and mental agony that's often reserved for war zones, but he endured it. And he overcame death and brought us the hope of resurrection for every circumstance, and we can retain that hope now. When we connect our suffering with faith in Christ, we gain a power to face and redeem our troubles. Those times when we felt the weakest is when you discover the strength of God's power that's greater than our own. The second point I want to bring out from this passage, if you look at this whole passage, verses 1 through 11 from Romans, you'll notice something about it. And the challenge that we have is that we tend to read Scripture from our Western culture, which is very individualistic. But Paul's not talking about that. You'll miss the point if you don't realize that he does something that's very typical. For him, what he's focusing on is our collective unity in this suffering. You'll notice that 11 times in this passage, just 11 verses, 18 times he uses the word we. Two more times he used the word us. His words are suggesting that the suffering we experience is something we, we do on behalf of others for the whole world. The people of Paul's day, that suffering was the willingness to risk their lives to share their belief in Jesus Christ. That belief could get them killed. 
And doesn't that speak to us today as we deal with the pandemic? The individual sacrifices we have endured, like not getting to do our favorite activities or not being around our loved ones as much as we like, those are felt individually and certainly they're real. But the real challenges right now is that collective suffering, trying to make sure that we convince other people and model for them taking the precautions that put other people's safety first, or the sacrificial giving and generosity that ensures that we feed the hungry and help the unemployed, or agreeing on the economic measures that will protect the most vulnerable. That requires us to work together. All these collective pains require endurance, and to endure those challenges requires character, character that's founded on the faith of Jesus Christ. And that's ultimately dependent upon the hope that he provides for us, that we know that we're more than we are in this life, that life is more than what we see. We know our lives are in God's hands, and he takes away our worries and doubts, enables us to put the needs of others before our own comfort. That's what it means to be a Christian. Well, that would mean then the first thing that God wants us to learn, at least as I look at things, is to realize in this pandemic that we are in this together. Our divided political climate is causing people to find their separate camps and choose up sides. There's a lot of people spending way too much energy trying to find blame. People want to blame China or blame Trump or blame the liberals for talking about this too much. Does it really matter right now? We should realize that this virus has struck 186 countries countries that represent every form of government on earth, centralized, democratic, socialist, and conservative. We've all been hit, and from what I've seen, none of us have dealt with it perfectly. Let's realize the best way to beat this is to get on the same page and agree on a common course of action. The strategic allocation of resources and information would be the most productive way for us to isolate and manage this deadly disease. Second, I think our quarantine has taught us, a lot of us, that we tend to hold an inflated sense of our own importance. We've allowed our busyness in life to create a false sense of accomplishment. We've forgotten the importance of stillness, to experience God's presence, to enjoy one another. We've been so busy running off to work, school, children's activities that we've never had time to truly be with one another, or to be with our God. And that's one of the values of this quarantine. We have less choices. And so now we see families playing in the backyard together. We see families taking walks together. We've been most most focused on the more important things in life, calling people that we haven't discussed or talked to in a long time. And I pray when this is over, we don't go back to that harried life. We find a healthy balance. Third, this pandemic has exposed a number of things in our world that need transformed and redeemed by the power of God. We've been aware of these serious inequities of life for a long time. Sometimes we preach about them, but we rarely do anything about them. And this coronavirus has made things so obvious. It becomes almost embarrassing when you realize the disproportionate amount of COVID-19 victims who come from our minority populations has exposed the problems we have had existing for a long time. And when school systems had to go to e-learning, they discovered a whole population that had no access to the internet. They had to scramble to find different ways to try to get the resources to those children. And we know education is the key to helping children get lifted out of that generational poverty. So all of a sudden we realize that internet access is now a justice issue and it must be addressed now and in the future. That's just a couple examples. We could talk about many more. But finally, let me end on a positive note. This one was brought to mind when I saw on my Twitter feed a picture of one of our members who has contracted and then recovered from COVID-19. It was a picture of them giving plasma at the blood center. And I couldn't think about, I couldn't just help but think about the symbolism of that picture. Someone giving blood on behalf of someone else that perhaps might even save their life. 
Can you think of anyone else who gave blood on behalf of others? Yeah, Jesus. I'd suggest the pandemic, while it was not sent by God, certainly is providing plenty of opportunities for us to choose to be Christ-like, living out that sacrificial love that his son inspires. So I invite you this week to think about what God wants you to learn from this pandemic. I'm sure you can think of many others than the ones I mentioned today. Hopefully you'll find the time to reflect on these and make sure this unique and challenging time is not lost on us. Let's make sure the suffering does produce the endurance, the character, and the hope that is needed to make this world as God intends. Today's scripture is from Galatians 6, chapters 1 through 10. Brothers and sisters, if a person is caught doing something wrong, you who are spiritual should restore someone like this with the spirit of gentleness. Watch out for yourself so you won't be tempted to. Carry each other's burdens and so you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are important when they aren't, they are fooling themselves. Each person should test their own work and be happy with doing a good job and not compare themselves with others. Each person will have to carry their own load. Those who are taught the world, the world should, should share all good things with their teacher. Make no mistake, God is not mocked. A person will harvest what they plant. Those who plant only for their own benefit will harvest devastation from their selfishness. But those who plant for the benefit of the Spirit will harvest eternal life from the Spirit. Let's not get tired of doing good, because in time, we'll have a harvest if we don't give up. So then let's work for the good of all whenever we have an opportunity, especially for those in the household of faith. Good morning. Welcome again to the Noblesville First live stream. I'm Matt Hantelman, one of the pastors here at Noblesville First, and I'm glad you've joined us for worship this morning. I want to say again that in the midst of difficult questions like we're tackling, please don't hesitate to reach out. If you want to discuss anything further, if you have other questions, I truly do miss the opportunity to talk and wrestle with you all on these topics. Like our question this week of what might God want us to learn through this pandemic, I've seen countless social media posts and blogs and such with the idea that God is trying to teach us blank through this pandemic. And much like last week, this seems to continue with the idea of people trying to reason their way through what is happening. But if God is trying to teach us something through the pandemic, I feel like that again suggests that God has a part in it, or at least that God is using the pandemic for God's purpose. But to recap from last week's question, did God send the pandemic? I don't think that's true. I don't think God is using the pandemic for good. I don't think that's how that, that works, which actually links to a scripture that I quoted last week, admittedly quoted kind of poorly from memory. So I'd like to read it to you this week from Romans 8:28. It says, We know that God works all things together for good for the ones who love God, for those who are called according to his purpose. And we, including me last week, cherry-picked this verse out of Romans to cause us to look for God in the midst of tragedy, to find where God is working or what God is teaching us through all this. And it happens all the time. You hear people quoting this verse at funerals, after tornadoes or, or mass shootings. God is working in this. God will make it better. And other platitudes that don't always fit the situation. But if Jesus taught us something about tragedy, it's that when we suffer, he suffers. When Lazarus died and Jesus came to his family, he wept. God weeps with those who weep. He doesn't look at tragedy and say, well, time to pull yourself up and get going. God mourns with those who mourn. And for those that want to attribute extra good work to God in times of crisis, what about when the pandemic is over or before it started? 
I think suggesting that God is using the pandemic specifically to teach us some new lesson means we weren't really paying good enough attention before the pandemic. Not that there's actually something new, but that we missed something earlier. The Romans verse says that God works all things together. The point isn't to make you look for God in the midst of a pandemic, but to realize that God has been, is, and will continue working through those who love him all the time. The point isn't to find the good only now, but to realize that the good has been steadily moving along through those that bring God's kingdom closer to earth, and that that hasn't stopped due to the pandemic. Food pantries that fed hungry people didn't just pop up during the pandemic. They existed already. They were feeding people already. It's just now that the need is so great that more people are taking notice. Raising money for good causes didn't appear out of nowhere when COVID-19 sprung up. It just added a new thing for us to focus our charity on. But here's the thing. During times of great need, like now, it's actually harder for those that serve God to continue in their work. They are struggling. We are struggling, too. We are beaten down, too. But that doesn't mean that God is working harder during the pandemic than before. It means we recognize that something is different due to the expansion of suffering. And either sit and wonder, where is God in all of this, or step up ourselves. Things like pandemics don't necessarily give us new lessons as much as point out to us where we need to work on old ones. Because the message of Jesus isn't different during a pandemic. The hope of a kingdom coming isn't different during a pandemic. But the parts of the message we've missed or are struggling with or we haven't incorporated into our lives becomes more apparent in times of mass struggle. My wife had a great analogy for this. She said, the parts of our lives that don't follow Christ the parts that we haven't given up to God, the places we still live for ourselves instead of for the good of the community, are like stress fractures. They are cracks in our foundation that under normal circumstances don't really affect our day-to-day -day life. But a pandemic is a massive amount of pressure on those foundations and those stress fractures become cracks that are much more visible and dangerous. The issue was there before. The stress fractures existed and could have been addressed before to avoid this cracking, but now, during crisis, they become problems. There are those that will say these cracks are due to the pandemic, but they're not. I mean, not really, because the message of God hasn't changed. The places that we struggle to serve don't miraculously change simply because of crisis. But crisis shines a light on those things, and we should take heed to notice and change. And in this struggle, as always, we need community more than ever, which is why I chose Galatians 6, 1 through 10, as an encouraging message for this morning. I want to remind you of the end of that, of that verse. It says this, Let's not get tired of doing good, because in time we'll have a harvest if we don't give up. So then let's, look, let's work for the good of all whenever we have an opportunity, and especially for those in the household of faith. These truths aren't new. They aren't pandemic-specific. But they are possibly more important now as we see cracks forming in our communities. I think if God wants you to learn something from this pandemic, it's simply that there's nothing new to learn during the pandemic. God is not teaching a new lesson. The lessons are the same. The call to love is the same. The call to create supportive communities is the same. It's just that the places where we've not done those things, the cracks in our foundation, are so much more visible when pressure is applied. 
So keep moving forward. Identify the cracks both in yourself and in your community and work to mend them. Fill them in with godly living and community building. As Galatians says, carry each other's burdens and so you will fulfill the law of Christ. Amen. Thank you, Matt, for some excellent thoughts today. I want to be sure to invite you after this live stream is done. Uh, we'll finish with Cindy Romano with a uh, organ postlude of God of Our Fathers. And then we'll be switching over to the Zoom link, so be sure if you need it, go to the front page of our website, and you'll find that. And we'll have a discussion. We'll carry on for 30 minutes or so with Dr. Adolph Hansen as we talk about and puzzle over God's activity in our world. Let's now go forth with the love of God. May the presence of that Holy Spirit, may the witness of Jesus be with you, and may we share that wherever we go. In Christ's name, amen. Go in the grace of the Lord.